They don't understand, they don't understand. I'm running with the fam, yeah, I love the fam. And we gon' start a one that's from up above. And they gon' know it's us by the way we love. All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers. And we gon' worship the father and we gon' drown in this water. All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers. And we gon' worship the father and we gon' drown in this water. Family, family, family. Christ died one time for Welcome to Reformed Dads, where all things are four dads, three dads, and two dads, as well as the aspiring husband and father. I'm your man, Dusty Marshall. I'm a Christian husband, father, hip-hop artist, and co-founder of Irregular for Christ Ministries. With me, as always, is my man, Norm, the master's dog, Dunham. How you doing, brother? I am good, man. I am old. <laughs> I'm officially older today than we were last time, so... It- it, it's all right, man. I saw a video of myself today, and I was like, "Man, I look, I look old." But <laughs> right? that's, but I, it's true. I mean, I'm getting old, getting old Absolutely. there. Absolutely, Get, absolutely. Getting wiser though, at the same time. So that's true. All the the sophisticated or the gray hairs in my beard, it's all wisdom right there. It 47 is forty-seven years today of grand wisdom. It, so. Yeah, for you, it's not the gray gray head; it's the gray beard. It's the gray beard. Gray beard is honorable. It's the Gandalf. (laughs) Well, I just want to say real quick, um, I want to say a shout out to our Patreon supporters. Thank you guys so much for supporting what we do. And I just want to say that we are going to be starting a brand new book study on April 14th. And that is going to be on Douglas Wilson's book, Federal Husband. So the thing that I'm talking about in this book is, and the reason that I picked it is because in our culture, as men, I'm seeing a lot of men abdicating their role, handing their role over uh, to the culture, handing their role over to their legislators, handing their responsibilities off to other people, their wives, whoever that may be. So in this book, we're going to discuss our role and taking ownership of such role so that we're not giving it over to someone else because God has called us to be the governors in our household. He's he's set up a family government in which we're the head of, so we're going to be going over federal husband. Uh, you can get signed up for that book study by going to patreon.com slash reformdads. Sign up to become a legacy dad. Get yourself a book. There's link and information in there and how you can get it. And uh, I hope you'll join us because, man, our last few book studies have been awesome. Right. Yeah, the first one we did, I really enjoyed, and I was actually able to be part of it. And the last one and this one, I probably won't be able to just because of working graveyard shifts. But I have the book, and it's been the middle of my stack on my nightstand. So it's there, and, you know, it never gets lower, but I always end up with something popping in on top of it. So I'm <laughs> excited to actually – I'm, I'm going to read along with you guys and kind of try to – you know, in the chat and stuff like that on Facebook or whatever, you know, keep up with guys, but I won't be able to be in the, the, the study itself. So I'm opening up a spot for someone else to, to be there. There you go. There you go. Well, yeah. it's, it's not a big book, you know, it's a, it's, it's pretty thin. It's kind of like why children matter. And the other book that we did, which was reforming marriage, so, so I don't think it's going to take us very long to go through, but I know it's going to be good. I've had uh, brothers who've read this book and have uh, recommended it, and uh, I hear it's a kick in the pants. Uh, I hear, like, if you're 
slacking in some areas. You're going to be challenged, but you're also going to be encouraged. And I mean, we need to be challenged as men. We have a lot going on in our world. And uh, I hope that you'll join us again. That's patreon.com slash reformed ads. Please also, wherever you're at, wherever you're listening to this episode, like, subscribe, share, thumbs up, wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching. Thank you for that. Gab. The five-star reviews are always really good. Yes. Yeah, we appreciate reviews. Uh, we are on Gab. If you're wondering if we're on Gab, we are there. So go there. But um, let's go ahead and get into what you and I, you know, we, we want to discuss a fun topic this week, but also one that can be challenging is sports. 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 Did you do your NCAA bracket? I did. Here's the thing. I'm going to be honest right now, okay? I okay. literally have not watched any sports since COVID hit, since COVID wow. started in March. And that is, I mean... For me, that's big, especially when it comes to the NFL season. I'm not a big right. basketball. I'm not a big uh, college basketball guy. But when it comes to NFL, I'm a Cowboys fan, which I know you love and you're grateful okay, for. Well, um, it's been a great episode. I will uh, <laughs> we'll so talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> Go Broncos. But, uh, but you know, that, that for me, you know, the NFL uh, has been something that I've followed i used to be involved in you know doing fantasy football but um i took a stand this year and i saw that they weren't going to allow uh players to attend church services with more than 25 people so i decided really? that i was going to boycott the season and i did not watch one game this year wow i see i had never heard that I, I hadn't heard that. I mean, the whole issue with like kneeling for the anthem and stuff like that never really bothered me that much. Cause I mean, as a veteran, you know, part of what we who have served and, and so on and men fought, went to war for was the right of people to freely express themselves. And I mean, yes. the reality is if you don't want to stand for the anthem, you don't have to stand for the anthem. It's respect. It's this and that. But had I heard that they weren't allowing these players to go to church services with more than that, probably that would have pushed me over the edge because again, now you're infringing on their right to their freedom of religion and the free expression thereof. And so, wow, I never heard of that. So yeah, props to you for, for, for standing up for that. Had I known, I'd never even heard that. Yeah, it was, so. it was a tough one for me. You know, I, I have family members that are big NFL fans, and uh, I enjoy watching a good football game. And uh, But, you know, um, sometimes we got to make decisions that affect our comfort. You didn't know about it, so, you know, that's okay. Right. Um, but I did, and I decided to just, you know, say that I'm not going to watch the NFL this year. That's going to be my boycott, and I didn't condemn or say anything to anybody else who decided to watch it um right like they have the right right like you just said you have the right to make that decision and um right or wrong i don't get to determine i govern myself uh god is over me he governs me uh right. and i decided you know not not to watch it but but you know it's it's something for me is talking about relating to my father uh sports is kind of like the one of the only things that my dad and I would actually communicate 
a lot about where we could find common ground to communicate. We could discuss sports and the conversations usually went well, but we didn't really have much more than that. Right. My dad and I were kind of the same way. He was early only an NFL guy. I've, I've been, I, I like basketball. I've never been one who was right, really into college sports. I like to watch and I'll watch during, you know, the, the tournament, the NCAA final four and stuff like that. But he was really all about the NFL. And so like you, yeah. that was one place where we, every Sunday we were watching football games together. We would talk about it. We could get into it. Um, and that was really the only place that my dad and I really connected um, was that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, I, um, my dad was big NFL, you know, he's a Raiders fan. He's a, he was a Rams fan. He grew up in Los Angeles. You know, he, he's, he's lived in, in that area forever. So it makes sense, even though I greatly dislike the Raiders and the Rams, you know, I could care less to be honest. So- so you come from a long line of people who choose really bad football teams to be fans of. Is what you're telling yes. me, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. It's true. In fact, I probably here's the thing though. I probably chose the Cowboys as a kid because it was a team that my dad really hated. You know what I mean? Right. Like that was like our relationship. Like we did sports together, but I was a rebellious child, so I picked the teams that he was against. I mean, I used to watch basketball, I used to watch hockey. I was a Kings fan. Um, and, and I was uh, a Celtics fan for a while because my dad was a Lakers fan. Right. And, um, you know, I, I did go on that for a while. But let's talk about not only in the NFL, let's talk about NBA. I don't like last season before this season and I could be totally out of it. The whole Black Lives Matter thing, like I couldn't turn on a basketball game without seeing like the most ridiculous propaganda written on people's jerseys in halftime. The announcers were right. buying into it. It was just like this whole all-encompassing thing. And I was like, I'm not going to even, like I will not even turn on basketball to see this. I like college basketball. I was, when I lived in, uh, in Las Vegas, I would go watch the Running Rebels play. Um, I had family members that attended the university, and that was fun. But man, I tried. I turned on one basketball game just just to see what my friend was telling me about, and it was like it wasn't even. They weren't like hiding it at all. It wasn't like an undertone. It was like the right. brand of the NBA was the BLM movement. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was. I mean, it was. Uh, for me, it was just kind of a, a minor annoyance because, again, I mean, I wasn't going to just not watch it. But, yeah, I mean, it was like I turned it on when the first time when I saw what they were doing. And, you know, you had guys on their jerseys in place of their name. They had, like, say her name, you know, regarding Breonna Taylor and, and stuff like that. And my first thought was it was like the XFL back in <laughs> yes. uh, the early 90s where they got to pick whatever. And WWF. there was the one guy whose name was – the one guy's name was he hate me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was all he had on his, on his jersey. I remember so that. that was what it kind of reminded me of, but yeah, I mean, it, it became the thing with the NBA was it became this huge propaganda thing, but nobody was speaking out against China. And when somebody said, I mean, there was like something that Donald Trump said about China and LeBron James came to the defense and it's like, dude, 
do you have no idea what's going on with the Uyghur uh, population in China with the, I mean, literally being locked up because of their race and who they are and their heritage and turned into slaves and, and women are being raped. And yet you're going to ignore that because you get all this money from China, but yet you've got BLM plastered all over the, the arenas and, and the NBA. And sure. it's like, there is like this huge misconnect disconnect of intelligence on the on the part of whoever was in, in charge of that it's like you can't support all this china stuff and the the just the atrocities that are happening there and then try to prop up blm here right yeah I mean, you you it's it was crazy so i really i mean i was just more because of the the situation with covid and i mean I was a Utah Jazz. I, well, I am a Utah Jazz fan, and we basically got blamed for like the entire COVID pandemic in the NBA because Rudy Gobert decided to just about a year ago go cough on some uh, reporters' microphones <laughs> as a joke, and then two days later he comes up positive with COVID nineteen, mm. and then I mean we so we were like. We were the in the doghouse the whole time. And, let's be and let's so be honest a, though that that probably isn't confirmed COVID because I hear some of those guys tested positive for COVID for seven months. That was an right. ESPN story. Seven months you tested positive for COVID. Right, because they were doing like these. The way they were doing the testing was insane. Because it's like I don't I don't know all the technical terms, but the PCR it has to do with how many cycles that they run the slide through before they find the COVID thing. And so if you did it like more than 35 times, you were almost likely to end up with a false positive, but they were doing these guys like 70, they would move that slide like <laughs> 70 times until they found like, Oh, look, there's one COVID. Okay. You're positive. And, and it's like, okay, yeah, no, these guys are probably, none of them are really sick, but. Right. And so, so they were also playing in like a, in one location, right? The whole season yeah. was played in one location that no one else was able to enter. Is that correct? Enter. Yeah. They, they called it the bubble. <laughs> um, and I believe it was down in Miami. And so, yeah, all the games took place there. Um, Everybody was stuck there. No one was allowed to come or go or leave. So they there was a break in the season, and then when they picked up to finish it out, everything was played in the bubble. So it sounds like what you're saying is they were playing in a basketball prison. Pretty much, yeah. That was it. That was that was, that was last year's uh, last year's season, and so it's actually nice because I'm starting to see. I may actually go to an NBA game, hopefully in the next month with okay. them actually opening up for fans in the in the Vivint Arena here for the Jazz. And nice. so hopefully we'll be able to get a chance to go grab a game. I had bought tickets actually last year before COVID hit. I had tickets for the first week in April uh, to go in what they call the Ford Fan Zone. So it was going to be me and my wife and my daughter, unlimited, all-you-can-eat hot dogs, all-you-can-eat wow. popcorn, drinks, everything else. And it's just above the lower bowl oh, of wow. the stadium. So you're able to look out. So it's not a bad spot for seats. I had those, and it, I, I didn't get refunded that money until like four months ago. Wow. 
and I'm like, it was fine. You didn't they, need they that like, money anyways, money. bro. Well, exactly. Yeah. It, it was, was probably only... pretty cheap anyways. Right. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't too bad. It actually wasn't for the three of us. It was going to be like 131 bucks oh, nice. is what I spent. So it wasn't expensive, but I'm hoping to get back out there and, and see it again. And, you know, Opal loves to watch it at home. I really want to give her the experience of a live game. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping one of these, I mean, next season, maybe we'll get down to to Vegas to watch the Broncos and the Raiders play ah, in a live yeah. football game. Yeah. So so let, let me just say, I am like, I'm excited about someday, especially now that I have a son, going down and going to events, sports events with my son. Like that was, my dad took me to Dodger games back in the, in the day in the nineties when like the Dodgers had uh, this great team, you know, and Brett Butler and Oral Hershiser. And like, I could name every Dodger back in the Tommy Lasorda days. Like I come from, from that era in sports and like the Kings with Kelly Rudy and Luke Robitaille and Wayne Gretzky. Like I come from like great, a great sports era and, you know, my dad would take me to games. I remember going to the Great Western Forum uh, with him to see uh, NHL games and, and uh, NBA games. So, like, sports, I have a, a, you know, a rich heritage in sports. But, man, it's just, it's, it's, they've made it so difficult um, to continue to be a fan as a Christian. And, I, and I'm saying, like you said, if you have personal conviction about it, don't don't watch it if you don't. That's that's fine too. That's up to you. That's your right. decision. That's your choice to make. I didn't like. I wasn't a fan. Like the only basketball I would ever watch was when it was uh, like playoff games. So that's that's that wasn't like a big loss to me. But I can see going ahead that I want you know I want my son to you know go to sports games with me if there is sports at right. that time. If, if you're able to go outside um, and be amongst others, which I hope that you can by the time he's old enough. But, but yeah, I mean, I have a lot of really fond memories that revolve around sports. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, my dad wasn't much of a, a going out to things guys. So we would watch it together at home, but he never, I, I've never been to a sporting event with my dad. But when one of the things in, in high school, I love to go watch the football games and, and stuff like that. So yeah, the, the live events was always a big thing for me. And then when I got married, you know, my wife and I love to go to games together. And so now I really, I'm looking forward to taking my daughter and hopefully one day a son, um, mm. you know, whether it's Ooh. by adoption or what, okay. um, you know, we're definitely, I mean, I'm out there every Friday at the abortion mill telling You're ready. these people, I will adopt your baby. You better Me, get, personally, you, I'm right here. I want to adopt your child. You better get your and home so, study then done. My brother. Exactly. We need to, we need to jump on that. But the, the live events to be able to go, I mean, you mentioned Oral Hershiser and stuff like that. I'm living here in Ogden, Utah. We have the Ogden Raptors, which was the pioneer team for the Dodgers. Oh, okay. And just a few years ago, I had... We had guys playing for us. I watched Oral Hershiser's son, Jordan, pitch. Oh, wow. I watched, um, you know, at, I watched Vince Law's son, Adam Law, still home in front of his grandfather, Vance Law. Wow. Who was a, a Cy Young Award winner. The only time at a, a baseball game I've ever gotten starstruck uh, was when Vance Law was there uh, 
World Series champ with the Pirates. His son, Vince, was there who had played for the Dodgers back in the day. And their grandson, his grandson, Adam, was playing for the Raptors. First time I've ever seen anyone still home. Adam did it in front of his dad and his grandpa. Wow. And the only time when I went over and said, I really want to shake your hand. I've got Tommy Lasorda's autograph from a, a Raptors game. Okay. Selfies of him sitting behind me and stuff like that. So, it, I mean, it's I've seen some really good games and just to, to have kind of that that history, you know, you see, cause I mean, watch, especially baseball. I mean, you're talking about baseball and there's so much history of, of America that is wrapped up in that, you know, yeah. we watched, it was the first sport to, to become unsegregated. Right. And it was, you know, we watched all those things happen and it's just amazing what you can get just from a, a live sports event and just the feeling and yeah. So I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Hopefully, you know, this year we'll get a lot of that going on. And We're hoping. We're hoping. We'll see. Absolutely. And me being here it's in Phoenix, the... there's a lot of live sports out here. You know, we have every everything out here in Phoenix. But, right. you know, something I wanted to discuss, too, is I, as a kid, I played sports, you know, and it was something that was very important to my father. You know, he was an athlete. And he, you know, kind of had this vision for me of like, I want to instill, you know, sports and being involved in sports athleticism in my son. He would get me out to the street, even as a young kid and throw the ball around with me and be outside. And, you know, that was something there is good memories I have of that. And there's also bitter memories I have of that as it almost, you know, there is an aspect where you can overdo things and it becomes you trying to live out your dreams through your son son. and and it can be you know it can become an idol um it can it it can be something that takes away um from from the truth and i want to kind of talk about that because as a kid and I, i i have friends who have children who play sports but i mean i can remember practicing almost every day and then having games all the time as a kid and all throughout my high school years I mean that's that first off is dedication by parents who will commit to something like that but how can you ever be involved in small groups or uh, or other things evangelism when your time is constantly taken up I mean you can evangelize I guess at practice or uh, but but I mean, let's let's talk about that. Like the amount of time that goes into sports, uh, and your ability to you know be involved in things that God has called you into. Right, and I mean, as a as a pastor years ago, I actually caused people to leave my church because I called out the idolatry of sports, and you know, because we were, and and I I didn't do it in a. a a very loving way. And there's, there was repentance on my side of that as well. But I mean, part of it, it was the reality was I was like, your children are losing out on, uh, you know, youth group and, you know, even Sunday morning services. I'm like, if, if you can't get your kids to church, they're not getting anything because you've devoted all this time to sports. And I had one family that was like, well, that's the only way they're going to be able to go to college and this and that. And so we have to make sure they're doing this. And I'm like, but at 
at what cost, at right. what price are you doing this? Because your child and and the 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 thing is, is I look back now on some of that, and pretty much the every one of those kids when they got to college fell away. Mm. Yeah, every single one of them because it was like they had no foundation of anything to say. This is more important than this. This is the word of God, right? And this should take precedence over all of this. I mean, you know, you talking about the NFL season and, you know, I'm not watching it because they're not allowing these guys to go to church. I mean, that's a really good reason to say I'm, I'm withholding my support because these men, as much as anyone else need to hear the word of God along with anything. And, and, but there are so many people that have made it such an idol that church and truth and anything like that, they're willing to let it go by the wayside in order to succeed. And so it, it has taken that, that desire. And like you were saying, a lot of dads who are trying to live their life vicariously through their, their children in sports have said, I'm going to sacrifice your theological education, your, your grounding in a foundation of an identity in Christ. And I'm going to put your identity into basketball or football or, or, you know, lacrosse or whatever it is, hockey, any, any number of things, gymnastics, you know, we take Opal to, to gymnastics every Thursday night and she has piano practice on, on Tuesdays. And it's like, okay, that's all we're doing. Yeah. I don't want to get her too deep into anything else. We were going to do T-ball last year, but of course, coronavirus put a put a stop to that. So hopefully we'll get to a point where, because I do want her in some things where, where there is a meritocracy, where she can see you perform well, you win. Right. You perform bad, you lose. You practice, you get better, and then you win. Yes. I want that for her. But in no way will it ever come at the expense of the church, right. of servant, worshiping God. That She will always know that is the number one. And if there is anything, I mean, what, I mean, if once in every three months you're going to miss a Sunday service because of a sporting sure. event, that's okay. If you're missing every single Sunday service for six months in a row, something's got to be changed. Right. Something's got to give because you have to recognize the word of God and the worship along with his people and fellowshipping with the church is more important than any of those other things that you can yeah. deal with on the outside. Well, it's like you said, it, you said, where is your identity, right? Where does your identity begin? Does your identity begin in the sport you play, the performance that you have, the, the hope that you will use this gift to go to college one day, or does your identity start in Christ, who you are in Christ first, and then everything else that you do flows out of that identity. And you're using that gift to bring glory to God, to provide an education possibly, to provide finances for your family possibly. But the rooting and the foundation is in your identity in Christ. Parents, we are called to, as we are commanded to bring up our children in the fear and ammunition of the Lord, 
teaching them to obey the things that God has called them to obey. That is a command by God. We're not commanded to make sure that they get a college education through the sports that they're in, right? right? So we must start with our foundation, our command given to us by God to bring up our children, to raise them right, and to bring them up in God's word. Then everything else comes after that. So if you're handing over that to say, like you said, well, you know, um, how else is he going to afford college? What is more important, your college education or your relationship with God, your, your identity in Christ? Which one is more important to you? And essentially, your answer will be the God that you worship, right? It'll be that the God, the true God, the one true God who's commanded us to bring up our children in a specific way, or it will be performance, it will be worldliness, it'll be performance-based, it will be uh, an education, it will be sports, it will be success, financial gain. What good is it to gain the whole world yet forfeit your soul? And that is what we're going to stand before God in that position, God is going to say, what did you do? Not, oh, did you teach your son to be a great baseball player uh, and coach all of his teams so that he can be a professional baseball player? Not saying that any of those things are bad in themselves. Again, it is the heart that we have to look at. What is the heart of it? And you can see what the heart is in it uh, in the time that you spend in doing things. Right. Exactly. And I mean, and, and we can see, we, we have examples of some, you know, some pretty successful sports figures who managed to get to a successful sports career without sacrificing their relationship with Christ, you know, and, and to be able to, to mandate and make, um, you know, make their priorities in coming up through, I mean, there was, I mean, the movie back in the day, Chariots of Fire, <clears throat> is a, a a classic example of that. But a, a, the premise of is uh, Olympic level runner, because he is a Christian, refused to run a race on a Sunday because of his relationship with Christ. And he, and, you know, and they made a whole movie about him because he took the stand. And we have other <clears throat> athletes who have, have made those stands as well. Sure. Sure. And again, it is coming back to the fact that where are you going to, where is your foundation? Is your foundation in, you know, or your security or your identity in those things that you think you need in order to succeed the a great sports career or education or financial security or all these things, or does Christ come first? Right. And then all those things, I mean, Matthew three, uh, Matthew 633, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Right. You know, it's, we seek him first and that has to be our foundation. And that has to be where we, we make our stand and then everything else has to fall by the wayside. Right. You know, and, but we are, you know, nothing is wrong. There's nothing wrong with being a professional athlete. There's nothing wrong with being a professional musician or any of those things. If that is what God has talented you and given you the, the, the ability to do, but we have to make that foundation 
in Christ. I mean, I'm lucky enough to not have any talent whatsoever <laughs> in any of those things. So I, I, you know, I'm, I, my identity, identity is in Christ. And then he makes me a successful graveyard shift production supervisor. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't any less, it isn't any less than in any of those other things. I mean, exactly. I, I think, you know, I love uh, Vody Bauckham. If you do any searching on his YouTube videos, I mean, he was a college athlete, uh, talented guy. He, he got to go full ride scholarship and play sports. And I guess his sons, uh, you know, his son is uh, a big guy. And, you know, people are, would ask him commonly, like, you know, is your son going to play football? And, and he would be like, well, why, why do you ask? And, you know, kind of, kind of, playing the advocate of, you know, asking them questions about their worldview, you know, really what it got down to is, um, you know, the importance that our culture sees uh, that come down to our bank accounts, um, our billfold and our and our bedroom, you know, that's how men are seen in our culture. How good are you on the ball field? What is in your bank account? And how are you in the bedroom? which is a, a cultural worldview, you know, a, a, right. bi- a, a non-biblical worldview. And, um, you know, he, he just kind of mentioned that, well, you know, that's not a focus for our family. Um, that's, that's not something that our family is focusing on. Um, and, you know, this not saying, like, like as we said, it's, it's not something that is bad in itself. But, man, the road to becoming a professional athlete uh, and dedicating yourself to a sport, um, there are many sacrifices that are going to be made, and the father and the mother are going to have to be, um, they're going to need to, to, to be deeply rooted in Christ and able to bring their child up and spend the time with that, you know, hopefully maybe right. ho- maybe they're homeschooling them and there's the opportunity there um, to continually be a, a firm foundation. It is absolutely possible. I mean, we see in sports today, as you said, different figures and I can go back, uh, you know, a couple years as, you know, Manny Pacquiao, the, uh, the ch- uh, champion, you know, a Christian and um, different people in, in different positions who play professional sports as Christians and their role of bringing glory to God, you know, uh, right. Kurt Warner, Tim Tebow, many, Tebow. many big names, you know, who've used uh, their platform to glorify God. And uh, but we just we got to do a self-examination, right, as fathers. We, do, we need to think about, you know, what are we instilling in our children? Do are we getting really angry and upset when our child isn't doing well in his sports? And are we neglecting our role to teach him the word of God and be his overseer and um, to to train him up in the way that they should go? Like we need to be able to look look inwardly uh, and look to the scriptures and say, you know. Where is my heart? Where is my importance? Is it in it is it is it in the performance of my son fulfilling a dream that I had as a child and as a, a young adult? Or am I looking to raise them up as God has called me to do and then teach them something that I'm passionate about? Because God has put that passion in fathers, you know, to to raise their son up right. and maybe they are called to be a professional athlete. Right. You know, and, and that's my thing, my, where I'm at, uh, 
right now. And I mean, I have a daughter and she likes to watch sports and she likes to to see what's happening and, and stuff. She'll root for Donnie Mitchell when the jazz are on, <clears throat> but my goal for her, and it, it's almost in the same vein as, you know, you get these dads who, who weren't able to be or tried to do sports or just weren't as successful. So now they're pushing their kids to, to be the successful one and trying to live vicariously. I'm like, I grew up Mormon. I grew up with no real knowledge of who God was. And so my goal is to have my daughter saved at an early age. I want her above anything else. She's going to know who Jesus is and her need for a savior and all of that. So I can see that. And, you know, that's my goal for her. But we all, we know she's going to be like six foot one when she is all done growing. She's going to, she's going to be at least five eleven. Yes. Mama's and tall. Like, Mama's tall. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so we're, she's going to be a tall and I'm, so I'm also trying to instill in her the idea that God has given me all these other things. He's given me, he's given me salvation through his son, Jesus Christ but he's also giving me talents that I can glorify him with that. He's also giving me an intelligence that I can glorify him with that. So I want her to know that in anything she chooses to do, whether it's sports or academics or whatever, that she can use all those things to the glory of God. Yes. And that needs to be where her focus lies. And, and if that requires that we make some sacrifices along the way, whether it's time, money, travel, all the things that, go into a successful sports career or whatever we will do that but we also want her to know that we are not going to sacrifice relationship with christ or relationship with the body of christ yes <clears throat> it might mean we go to church at different places and we meet different people but we still fellowship and we still worship god every week as much as possible yeah without fail because we will not let any kind of sport or any other thing that is happening in our life become an idol yes. that we are going to sacrifice our time and our, our fellowship of God. Well, yeah, what, what you're talking about there is <laughs> cultivating God-given gifts, right? The, yeah. the difference, I think, what happens is we as fathers, it's easy to say, I, I did something, I didn't make it, and I'm going to do it through my child and I'm going to push and I'm going to challenge and I'm going to fight. There's nothing wrong with pushing your son to work hard or your daughter to work hard and challenging them to work hard. But the difference is in the heart of the matter. Cultivating a gift that I think that my child may have versus be making it this plight, my, making it about me right? Making about right. what I didn't accomplish, what I didn't do. My goal should be to cultivate the God-given gifts in my child and help them to understand where those gifts come from. Who is the gift giver? It's not about the gift. It's about the gift giver. And I understand that is a tough balance when it comes to the reality of things. Because as you're talking about it's easy to get wrapped up in travel and times and being here and being there. And, you know, all of a sudden my child has these these gifts that we've cultivated and everybody's talking well about them and lifting them up and, and all of these things. I mean, 
we as parents have to be so hands-on in these opportunities, especially in who we choose, you know, who's going to coach our children, who's going to um, be the one that we're going to send them to and we're going to trust. We, we need to be thinking about these things. Are we going to be doing homeschool, you know, in order to do these things? Uh, am I going to send my child off to public school because they have a good sports team? Heck right. no. <laughs> no Heck no. no <laughs> but but I mean, these are things that we really need to consider. Is it about cultivating a gift to glorify God or is it about um, pushing uh, a sport or a talent on someone because I want to fulfill something that I was never able to fulfill in my lifetime? Amen. Amen. Yeah. And it's a, that's a, that's like you said, it's going to be for most dads, it's going to really be a, a a tough place to find that balance. And, uh, and again, you just have to, as a dad, and as you know, we're talking to, to dads as our, our focus audience and hopefully reformed dads as well, that you need to make sure that your foundation is in Christ as well. And that's the bottom line in anything where we are at with Christ and then allow him, you know, a multitude of counselors, make sure you're talking to other brothers as these things are coming up, you know, and know what it is that you're actually doing. Are you, like you said, are you trying to cultivate gifts that God has given them? Or are you trying to take the gifts that you wish you had and put that into them? And, and that's where you get, I mean, you, again, it becomes the, the teenage angst sports movie, right? Yeah. The, the kid who dad is just like, you're going to go to Yale. I don't want to live your life, dad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and and you, know, you can, you can just as easily alienate your kids by trying to force your lifestyle of, of what you, you wanted to be onto them right? rather than allowing them to grow, see the talents that God is giving them, and then guiding that wherever it is that God is leading them. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's the difference between recognizing God-given talent and idolatry of what it is that you wanted to do. And it's it's an awesome thing, you know, to have a common interest with a brother uh, or your dad uh, and be able to have something to talk about, something that you're both passionate and then you can relate with you can go out in the yard and throw the ball together and hit ground balls and these different things I mean I have I do have fond memories of those things as a kid I also have memories that are like you know dad was angry because I didn't do well I also have memories of my dad and I going to like sports card shows together and getting autographs and time that we spent together uh, on something that I did love at the time I was engaged in and it was, you know, a bonding experience for a father and son. So I would say, you know, it's 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 a great thing, um, but it shouldn't be the only thing. Right. Right. It can't right. be the only thing that dad and son talk about. Right. And, and that's where it comes back right. to the foundation of what God has called us to do. I, I want to have fond memories. I want to take my son to sports card shows and, and maybe coach his team if time will allow um but i'm not going to sacrifice um the time that we spend in the word of god and praising him in order to pursue uh, a goal that i never reached 
and right. um, I'm not I, I'm not gonna I don't want to treat it as I don't want to really be the man who comes down hard on his son because he made a mistake in a sports game. You know what I mean? Right. I want to use that as a, a learning opportunity, you know, and um, talking about effort. I mean, there are principles to be learned in playing sports with others. However, the principles that are taught are going to come from the dad and the coach and the things that right. you're learning. You can learn, you know, great principles from playing on a team if somebody's instilling good principles in you, but also you can learn a lot of bad habits. The sport itself doesn't teach you right the good the principles to live by. It's the coach and the dad that are teaching you about how to process the things that happen in that sport. Right. And even more so nowadays, dads are going to have to be stepping up. And because in in the era of the participation trophy, in the era of, <laughs> you know, little kids soccer where they don't keep score because they don't want anyone's feelings to be hurt. Dads are going to have to step up and start teaching some of that, you know, some of those those principles that we learned, you know, as you know, if you lose, you work harder to improve and then you can win. Right. <clears throat> you know, nowadays it's like, well, nobody loses. So where's the incentive to work harder to gain more? And then at some point in time, you're going to enter into the real world where meritocracy is an actual thing. And, you know, the better you do, the 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 more well rewarded you are, whether that's in a job or yeah. in a professional sporting thing or whatever. But so dads have got to step up even more because if your kid's playing on a league where they're not keeping score, dad, you should be keeping score and you should be celebrating your, your child, son, daughter, whatever, when they win and teaching them sportsmanship when they lose. Um, even though that may not be happening on the field, we find a way to make those things happen and teach them the importance of if this is something that you really want, then you need to work to improve it. Yes. And but ultimately, what you were talking about, and just a you know a, a cheap little um, Joel Osteen catchphrase would be catechism first, championship later, right? And so <laughs> thanks, that Joel can Osteen. Be, <laughs> right? So I mean, and that should be our focus. We want to make sure that and and those teaching to how to attain a championship can truly come out of the catechism as well teaching them a foundation of Christ, a foundation that God is the one who gives all gifts, all good gifts come from the Father of lights. And all these things that you have is something that he's given you. We're going to make sure you understand this. Then we're going to work hard for whatever it is that you want to achieve. And we're going to learn how to achieve. Yes. We're going to understand that we lose. You know, it, it, it's the, I'm not quite there yet with Opal, but we just, we had, I just drew her a, a hopscotch uh, board on our okay. driveway yesterday. So, you know, we're beginning to get into some of these things, but I want to start teaching her things like competition yeah. and meritocracy. And, and I'm not going to let you win. Right. You know, you're going to lose and you're going to have to improve to get better. And I, I fully expect one day that you're going to be better than I am because I'm going to teach you everything I can to get you there. Sure. But I also want you to know we're just not giving it to you. Right. So. Right. And, and, and what, a, what and a, that comes, go ahead, go ahead. No, that comes from understanding the catechism first and then whatever it is we seek after is, is going to come down the road. Yes. 
Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, when you're training for something, you know, there are great principles to be learned in training for something. The, the principle of hard work, um, the principle of there are also gifts that God gives and that he doesn't give to some, you know. Um, but something that is great in what you said is that, you know, working hard and winners and losers and needing to work hard in order to be, uh, to attain something, right? To attain a prize, right? But we can teach our children also through that is that, well, you know, you know, the greatest, the greatest thing that isn't attainable was actually given to us as a gift that you don't have to work for. The, the, the realization of what Christ did for us that we cannot work for. Well, you're only going to understand that if you've worked hard for something to get to it, right? If you've ever worked hard for something, you're going to understand uh, something that you couldn't work hard for that was just given to you as a gift, right? Something that Christ did for us because he loved us, the work the things that he did, the sacrifice that he made for something that we could never attain, the greatest prize, um, and he did it for us out of love. It's always a teaching. It's always a teaching opportunity, right? We have right. a teaching opportunity to teach our children principles. Uh, as I was saying before, you know, there's we, we planted a garden in, in my backyard, and I get to. I show there's a tree that we have in which uh, there's different types of citrus grafted onto this tree. And I get to use that as a teaching opportunity to show my children that we were grafted in as well. You know, we were grafted in by Christ. We were adopted in, and now we are connected to, to the vine, right? We're connected to the vine, and now we can bear much fruit in that. And they get to actually see that, right? They they experience it. And life experiences and working hard, they they give us the opportunity to actually see things that the Bible speaks of to the Holy Spirit will illuminate those things and they'll become alive, right? Amen. Absolutely. So that's cool. You know, the the sports the sports topic that we, we talked on, you know, it can it can become an idol, it can become a bonding experience. It's an opportunity to teach our children. It's it's an opportunity to teach them godly principles, but the sport itself will not teach them those principles, right? No. Uh Vodi Bakum, he was talking with the same guy and he was like, So what you're saying is they'll learn principles for living from this sport. Let's look at the state of our sports right now and our athletes involved <laughs> right. in them. They've, exactly. They're professionals. <laughs> were they learning the principles that they were supposed to learn? Then why are there? do we see every other week, you know, some sports star has done this or done that? We are yeah. all fallen cre- creatures. It is not the sport itself that's going to teach us principles to live by. It's, it's going right. to be the scriptures that we teach our children. Absolutely. It's going to be dads teaching the kids that those lessons are going to come from, from fathers yes. and from ultimately through the word of God. Well, I mean, and hopefully there are people out there who don't have a dad that, that have a pastor or somebody that is in their life that can help them to teach them. But again, it's going to come from the word because like you said, what, what Vody was talking about just this morning, 
I was looking at an, an article, you know, Deshaun Watson, the, the quarterback of the, the Houston Texans, that is apparently a free agent and everyone's trying to get him. I know I only know his name because the Denver Broncos were looking at him as a prospect for quarterback. And it turns out he's got, he's got sexual assault allegations against him by 12 different women right now. Well, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks in the game right now. Obviously the game didn't teach him some lessons that he needed to learn and he needed somebody else to come up alongside of him and teach him. You don't treat women this way. Right. That could, whether that's a dad or a pastor or somebody, but where we're coming from is the sport gives the opportunity to teach the lessons. Dad, you have to teach the lesson. Yes. Train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. Depart from it. Right. That is the principle there. We need to start young and we need to continue that throughout their life. Uh, be the voice uh, of reason, pointing them back to the scriptures, pointing them to pastors. And when they are older, they will not depart from those those teachings. That's that's a biblical principle, but it's got to be instilled from them. It's got to start from a young age. Um, and, you know, God does change people's hearts at times, and they do come to repentance and faith. That is always the, the case. Um, but also as dads, we have the opportunity to start young. Um, I'm grateful. My two oldest daughters, uh, God has, has granted them repentance and faith. Uh, they both take communion and with me, one of them has been baptized. The other one is scared to go into the water. So they haven't (laughs) been baptized yet, but I'm grateful to God for them because God has been the one who's changed their hearts and he's used the training up. Right, he's used that training up, and um, I pray that he blesses it as the the children get older and and continue to have more more challenges that come their way, more personal responsibilities that come their way as they get older. But right now, it's my job to continue to shepherd them until that is handed off to a, another man, another godly man, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> as far as it depends on me. Uh, which, uh, right. you know, but, um, but yeah, just, we, we got to start, we got to start as fathers. We got to start in the scriptures and we got to start young. We have to continue that. And yeah, I, I all for sports and, and fathers and mothers being involved in that. Um, but there's got to be a balance. Got to be a balance Absolutely. there. Amen. Amen. Well, brother, it's been a great discussion. I always appreciate uh, your insight, especially, you know, I didn't, I didn't expect much coming from a Broncos fan, but you actually did a pretty good job. So, well, you know, we, we have our moments. We, yeah, we, 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 we go in spurts every so often we do some good stuff and then we just drop (laughs) off and we have our, our Kyle Orton eras. And, uh, but you know, we rise back up to the occasion with the Peyton Manning every so often. Yeah. Speaking of that one good moment, I'll just share this with you. So when I lived in Colorado for a very short time, I got to go to a opening night, Sunday night football. It was Peyton Manning playing against the Colts, which was Andrew Luck. And uh, that was something that I got to to go experience. And that was a gr- cool, cool experience. Mile High Stadium. Right. Yeah, I've never been to a pro football game. I've been to pro really? basketball. I've not yet been to a pro football game in my life. And that's like I said, hopefully this year we'll be able to get down there to Vegas now that there's a really close, 
Yeah. I mean, I, I'm seven hours, eight, seven, eight hours away from either one, Vegas or Denver. So hopefully this year we'll be able to get to one of them. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's it, good. It I'm, it. I'm looking forward to the season. All right. And as we say, every every ending is surely you need guidance to wage war and victory is won through many advisors. Thank y'all for tuning I don't in. Understand, God bless. I don't understand. I'm running with the fam. Yeah, I love the fam. And we gon' start a one that's from up above. And they gon' know it's us by the way we love. All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers. And we gon' worship the father. We gon' drown in this water. All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers. And we gon' worship the father. We gon' drown in this water. Family, family, family. Christ up one time for my whole family. Family, family, family. Christ